1: Our goal is to have conversations that inspire and help move the dial forward for organizations to become more human centered in their approach to solving complex business and societal problems. My name is Jerry Scullion. I'm the founder of This Is HCD. And we've been creating content on This Is HCD for probably over five years now. And if you really want to help us out, please leave a review wherever you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google. Those lovely algorithms really do love your interaction, and it helps our community grow, and every little helps. If you don't leave a review, you can go one better by telling people that you work with about the podcast or telling people that you're in your tribe about the podcast. Now, we launched a space, and this is hatecd.com, recently, where you can take courses on visualization, design research, and service design topics. So please check it out. It helps support the podcast. In this episode, I speak with the wonderful June Holly from networkweaver.com. And June is at the forefront of thought leadership when it comes to community building. And we speak about all matters of what community and network means and how they differ and how to go about fostering communities for change makers. It's highly relevant for our audience. I think you're going to enjoy it. Let's jump straight in. June, how are you doing? I am delighted to speak with you. How are you?
2: I'm, I'm so glad to be here with you today.
1: Absolutely. I'm so delighted to be with you, June. You know, I've been a, a long term fan. Um, and for anyone listening, they're like, wow, Jerry's voice is really low because I've got a cold at the moment. Uh, It's one of the gifts that you get at the end of the season in Ireland, where you move from summer into autumn, which we're at that point at the moment. But where are you coming from, June?
2: I live in Athens, Ohio, in the United States.
1: Nice. Um, Athens, Ohio, that's a a big college town, I believe, isn't it?
2: Right, right. But it's a very small, outside of the university. (laughs) So it's a delightful, innovative place to live. Very friendly. And are you, very ri- are you originally
1: from Ohio?
2: Well, I was born in Ohio, but I've lived all over the US.
1: All your life. Um, and June, tell us um, how you describe what you do.
2: Well, I am a network weaver. Right. And that's a term that talks about someone that is always looking around and thinking about how they can connect one person that has certain interests and needs with another person mm. who also maybe has that interest and, and can help that other person. So like, I'm all about connecting in ways that help build community.
1: Nice. It's not too dissimilar to matchmaking. Uh, when, when you, when you, yeah, when I hear you it, describe it, is, it Right. As well. it
2: is, I, I have this activity called speed Networking that's like speed dating that helps people get to know each other and figure out who they want to dive in deeper with.
1: So, what does a good connection look like, and how do you do that?
2: Well, I think a good connection starts with listening. (laughs) Mm. You know, where you meet somebody and you start trying to find out about them. And, um, you know how they are as a person, we're all so unique, and we're we're just this amazing bouquet of different interests, gifts, mm-hmm. skills, needs. so I think it starts out by trying to ask those questions and give the space to people to to tell about themselves and then you can start thinking about, well, oh, how do I connect with that person? You know, how can I bring out the best in them and connect them to others that are going to help them out nice. or uh, offer them something?
1: And how did you get into this space? Like, because it's, you know, a, a lot of the listeners for from This Is HCD are designers or they're, they're, I call them change makers, mm. um, really. And I guess network weaving might be a, a kind of a a new phrase for some people like, you know, so I'd love to know about mm. how your journey into this space.
2: Well, when I was really little, I always wanted to help the world be a better place for more people. I, I could sense that even as a young child. And so when I was a young adult, I I tried to study change mm-hmm. and, and how could, we could change the world. So I came across complexity science Before that was really a thing. Mm. And uh, there was a lot in there about change. But when I started talking about things like self organizing or emergence, this was back in the 80s. Right. People rolled their eyes. So then I started talking about networks. Yeah. Because that's a key part. Mm. Like the connections, the relationships is a way to talk about all of that. And people say, oh, yeah, I get. I get networks, I get connections, relationships. And so that's how I, the whole understanding of networks, because it seemed like we weren't paying enough attention to our relationships, both with other people and with the rest of the world, Mm. you know, the sort of natural world.
1: I mean, that all sounds uh, brilliant. like From the the human-centered design, network is what we have in, in our title. Um. I guess somewhat foolishly in 2017 I was that was part of my mission it was trying to connect people with with other people and we've gone on a journey like we have slack okay and you know as Mm -hmm. as of the time of writing seven days away we're we're killing off slack because um we just couldn't get it to work okay we just it wasn't a facilitator of meaningful conversations and it was noise in people's lives and
3: Mm. it
1: took an awful lot of time really for for people to try and sift through things. How do you feel um, the evolution of community, like when you had this journey into it in the 80s, how it's evolved to where we're at now in a distributed society? And what does that look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the part that's missing is people seeing themselves as these network weavers. So... It's like if we all start looking around and noticing, "Ooh, there's lots of people talking about this. Hmm. And because and, I think networks are really powerful when you help organize smaller gatherings within the network. Yeah. So it's like, wh- what conversation are some people ready to have? And so then a network weaver will look at that and say, okay, I'm going to set up a Zoom call with these dozen people. Yep. And we're just going to spend an hour, hour and a half digging in deeply and try to maybe collect some understanding about that. We might end up doing something together. We might not. But this idea that you notice something that needs to emerge and you help bring people together to mm. explore that. And and that's a part that I just love and find really exciting.
1: So like the whole kind of spark of multiple Zooms and topics, um, and it might lead somewhere. Um, who who would be who who's part of your network and well, what do they look like at the moment, like in terms of not just personalities, but backgrounds, I guess? Is it academics?
2: A year and a half ago I decided to Sort of retire and stop doing contract work. Okay. And the first thing I did was try to become an international person.
3: Yeah.
2: And so with people in Africa, in New Zealand, in yeah. South America, and it was just so amazing for me, particularly connecting with people that mm. were actually trying to make change on yeah. the ground. Absolutely. And so now I have this vast network. Of people around the world, and I'm trying to begin connecting them with with other people. Like Africa, for example, is so unconnected Absolutely. with the rest of the world. Yeah, and yet there's so much exciting work stuff happening there yeah. that we need to learn from. Absolutely. So my network is really, I, I'm like a meta grandmother networker. <laughs> I'm trying to get the big picture and then help, help things happen, help yeah. things start to, to emerge out of that. Because, you know, we have some pretty big problems we're trying to deal with now. Yeah. And we really need a lot of people so working on this
3: I'm definitely stuff.
1: getting a sense of an elder, uh, kind of You're from, right. from a, you know, a community perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd love to tap into that a little bit more. When I say um, community, and I say network, they're interchanged in my, in my vocabulary. Is that fair? Is it, or are they well, separate? They're
2: a little bit different. When I think of network, that's just like a pair of glasses you put on mm-hmm. to notice all relationships. A community is more about uh, a sense of belonging, uh, a, a sense, uh, you know, that you have, you have some things That you want to maybe do or explore together. So, Mm. so it's a more binding kind Mm. of nurturing space, whereas a network is just about paying attention to who's relating to whom and especially who's being left out, who's on the edge that needs to be in the center. So, and
1: where, where, and where would purpose sit within community for you?
2: Well, well, right. So, usually communities, Form around a purpose. There's some mm. particular thing that this particular community wants to do, or that drives them, that that gives them meaning. Whereas, like a network, can be a much more amorphous term. It doesn't have ne- necessarily have purpose or boundaries.
1: So, a network is really about the the value exchange um, in, in a relationship. I guess that's that's what I'm hearing in in my Filtered mind when when I'm I'm talking about, it, whereas community is much more richer yeah. and meaningful.
3: Um, right.
2: right now, some networks people that call themselves "We are the XX Network," hmm. they actually are a community.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, uh,
2: a, but com- network is a broader term.
3: Yeah.
1: Now, w- one of the things I was mentioned to you in in our emails back and forth was um, something that really surprised me an awful lot is. Um some people have said that I I'm I'm a community builder, okay, like and I'm, I'm I'm trying to bring people together and a change maker. And we, we did that through the Do and Design Festival, which we had, and we did it with the Slack channel for a small while and then we started running city based um events pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic came and then we were like, okay, we'll do them all online, and it all kind of went a bit skewy and it got more difficult. But we were running these events which were effectively like video podcasts. And there wasn't much conversation afterwards in any of the channels. And I, I started to sit back and I was like, well, what does design look like in the next, I don't know, five years in not, not too distant future? And I believe in the distributed world, I think there's there's a huge role to play for the change makers about bringing people together. Pretty much what you're doing now. I'd love to know how do people get started in this and what does a good network weaver look
3: like?
2: Well, you know, I think I'm really intrigued by this mm-hmm. idea of a network weaver as a facilitator of what I call co-design. So let yeah. me just talk a little bit about how co-design differs from human-centered design yeah. or other kinds of design. Yeah. So it's it's a participative process where, you know, you may have an expert involved. Yeah. Uh, but but really it's the it's the set of people who want to design or experiment they want to co-create something together hmm. and there's a a facilitator and i would call them a network weaver though you might call them yep. a designer but who actually brings people together to think about something they want to create we need to really co-create a new culture a new set of structures institutions ways of doing things that are healthier where we're peers where we're being
3: supportive
2: of each other and that's what co-design can do yeah and so you can take a chunk of like let's say you have a people in a community and they want to create a community garden yeah well so somebody a network weaver brings them together gets them to talk about what they got what they need to be created and would ask them hard questions like okay we're talking about a community garden but where are the children hmm. where let's we need to bring them into this discussion yeah. and so you know it this is a different been a designer this is like a facilitator of design and Mm. and i'm really intrigued with this because i think we're going to build this new world just project by project by project bringing people together getting them to think about what they're doing like i'm working now with a maker space yeah and that's a a place in the u.s i don't know if the rest of the world calls them Mm. that but uh You know, it has equipment that you could use, and I'm really interested in the fiber and fabric part. So we are convening people to think about, oh, how can we help more people learn how to sew? How can we help people upcycle their clothing? And we're having so much fun getting together and co-designing these new kinds of activities. And it's making a huge difference in our community. It's starting to really get people excited. We have more and more people coming into the space, wanting to get plugged in, wanting to stop buying fast fashion, yeah. whatever, and and thinking, oh, I can make my own clothes. And so that's a perfect example of how there are thousands and thousands of places in our lives where we can become these Mm. facilitators of co-design
1: so i'm hearing so many similarities in what you're talking about there in terms of design and cultural and transformational programs in businesses that are they're trying to push design into into the organizational dna and they're all struggling they're all well any of the ones i've been speaking to or i coach (laughs) they don't come to me if they're if they're killing it but um there's a lot of things there that when you're talking about that I imagine um you you've less control over okay so it might be at the macro level where people are teaching teaching each other how to sew and you know stuff that just happens at the very kind of personal level
3: Mm
1: -hmm. um and I think organizations typically have a have a problem with that when they're they can't design for that it's just it's, it's a human thing two people getting together to teach each other something. How do you enable that to occur? Because that's a really tough one
2: yeah, but I, it, so it's a thing I call clustering. Mm. It's like when a network weaver notices there's a need, yeah. people want to learn how to sew, mm. and then they bring together people who are interested in that. And they try something out. They do a pilot. So it might be that they say every Thursday, hmm. anybody that's interested in mending their clothes, learning about mending, is going to get together. We have an hour and a half. Just come in. That. So um, I try it. But then the important piece is to spend time on talking about how it went. Design is not a single event. It, it It's this ongoing process where you're continually trying things out, maybe mm. mucking it up, looking at what you've just done and saying, well, you know, nobody showed up. So we need to think about marketing. Mm. What are ways that we could get the word out that we're having this mending session on Thursdays? Yeah. And so then the group, Try some things out again, they're co designing uh in a continual process. They try that out, people come, and then people come, and they don't have enough needles yeah. or, you know, so you have to be constantly looking for opportunities mm. to improve and refine what you're doing and, and that very process changes people mm. that very process. Is teaching them how to be more reflective, learn more, not be afraid of failure, Mm -hmm. knowing that you can continually improve things and change things. People are changing. They're building a new culture.
1: This is in the maker places that you're talking about in Ohio, correct? Okay,
2: This is just an example.
1: Absolutely. I know. Yeah, yeah. So is that a program that people sign up to or is it like a drop-in where people can just say there's this cool thing that happens with june and
2: you know it's both Mm. like we have some times that are like i'm doing a saturday afternoon volunteers come in and we take all the fabric donations that have come in the last week Mm. and we put them on cardboard pieces and put them on the shelves but but it's open six days a week Wow for anybody to drop in, yeah um, and and so you have both opportunities,
1: so how do you measure um the success like of of the is it growth is it more people, or what does that look like in your in through your lens
2: so this is a really mm. interesting area where a lot of us are thinking about well there's new ways that we need to evaluate or or capture what we're doing mm. and uh, we're just starting to think about ways like one way you can is by having people basically a survey that, that shows all the people they know and that then you uh. get a network map and you watch it grow it's a it's a beautiful thing um, but there are many other ways that you can track what you're doing and part of it is you need places and spaces whether it's slack or an email list or Mm. whatever where people can find out what's going on you know we have an instagram channel yeah and we're watching that grow so you know but it's not really just about growth yeah it's it's about the depth of the relationships and that's harder to capture but i think part of it is if you notice that people are coming in they're building relationships, they're doing things, and then they are initiating mm. new activities. And that's like the crux of it all. If people yeah. are doing that, you know you've got something that's really working.
1: It's it's like a um it's like a call to arms, if you don't mind me saying it, like in terms of almost reflecting back to what I imagine the sixties and seventies could have been like mm. because When I was growing up, out you go at nine o'clock in the morning, the summer holidays, and we were out in the fields. Don't mean to sound too idyllic. It wasn't always idyllic where I grew up, but um, community has definitely shifted. And when I look at my own kids, they don't get pushed out the door at nine o'clock in the morning. And those behavioral and social skills are probably not where you'd imagine I was at the same age. How, How are you seeing the the effect of the community in terms of social interaction and well-being because i
2: think that's a huge what thing yeah people love about yeah, it. yeah.
3: i think it's like a huge place benefit.
2: like the maker space or we have mm. other things like that happening in our community and and even in zoom sessions with lots of juicy breakout sessions yeah you know you, people want to be interacting with others in meaningful ways. Mm -hmm. And that's the network weaver is always looking for opportunities for that to happen. And because people just like yesterday, uh, two young women that, you know, I, I know through various things, I taught them how to can and make salsa and they, and so the three of us chopped tomatoes outside and and chopped garlic and onions and and then at the end of the day we had all these lovely jars of salsa we were building community we were you know i was able to share something that i've been doing for many years Mm -hmm. so it's that kind of thing where i reached out and they said oh we want to learn how to can." Yeah, and and you start building community as you're doing that. We talked about all kinds of things in their lives, and you know, just explored a lot of different topics while we're chopping. Yeah, tomatoes.
1: I mean, some people might listen and kind of go, "Well, why why would that be of interest to me? Like chopping tomatoes with or tomatoes, as we say in Ireland, tomato tomato. Yes. Um, <laughs> why would that be? And I, might just to to replay that to people, like you know, um, yes. Through through the business lens or you know organizational lens, they'd be like, well, I couldn't really tell my boss that we're going to be chopping tomatoes and making salsa and stuff. And like, but that's what fosters the connection. That's what fosters the the meaningful connections. It's not about sitting together and learning how to do an Excel spreadsheet um, over you know hours and hours and hours. What you're talking about there is bringing people together around a shared interest and a common interest. Right, right. Um, So
2: I do this also around a lot of other topics yeah in fact you know things like network weaving where you know uh, recently i had some workshops Mm. with groups in africa who are doing community development and we were able to come together and hear stories about their local activities and the other participants would be very supportive and help mm. them with challenges so you know that's a different kind of setting but it's that same thing where you build mm. community you take the time at every session to help people build relationships so we do this thing called twosies mm. and people go off in rooms and they talk in depth about each other they find out what each other's doing and then when they get together in the small work groups they know enough of the people you can have a really productive mm. design session about whatever it is that they're yeah. that they're they're working on
1: so the twosie thing I've heard, I've heard of something similar to that before but it's about creating uh trust um that's mm-hmm. in my, my understanding of of it is what is it about trust? um that's so important and it seems like an obvious question but trust and community um you know what do you see goes hand in hand with that like safe spaces and so forth Mm -hmm. so how do do you design for that
2: and the main thing i think about trust yeah is helping people learn to accept others Mm, even if they're different and and Mm. and for people to feel that they are accepted just as they are, often people think trust is about similarities, and I think that's really dangerous yeah. uh because we need to be able to trust people who are different from us so giving people space to hear each other's stories and to really listen realize that listening. Like I just talked to this woman and she said, you know, when I really talk to somebody else, I don't ask them a lot of questions. I just give them a lot of space and show them that I'm really interested and I'm really listening. And they will just spill it all out, whatever they need to talk about. And so I think having those spaces, that's something we can all facilitate. I think that one problem with Zoom is that people didn't, put enough space for twosies for small groups Mm. to meet because that's where that relationship building happens if you have more than like three or so three or four people in zoom together you're not going to have that same kind of space where people can really build those deeper more trusting relationships
1: yeah that's true The the dynamic shifts the more uh, well, exponentially, the more people are involved in that group, um, it's harder for them to get up to speed. And I've been guilty of that, you know, giving people four mm-hmm. minutes in groups of three or four, say say hello to each other, and then pull them back into the main room and when facilitating, and, and people are, oh it's too short, I'm like
3: yeah, anyway, right,
2: it's too, short. It, too it, short. People really want that time to dig mm-hmm. in with others and find out what do I have in common with this person that we could meet elsewhere after this meeting because that's the real sign of success is if people get to know each other well enough yeah that then they're going to talk say hey let's let's do our own session tomorrow or next yeah. week
1: How, you may, i'm going to pull you back to a, a thing that you said about 15 minutes ago um about mapping out all of the people that are involved um how do you do that and what does it look like and where does it live and I, I, I'd love to see that um I might have seen it, something similar already is it Kumo uh, it was one of the tools Kumo, you guys, yeah mm-hmm. um but what does that look like at scale like is, is that at the 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 online network com um thing that's where all the people that are involved is it
2: well I mean I I think that are you talking about people learning how to map hmm. their networks?
1: So as opposed to everyone going back through you which would probably send you Right s- right s- because you, I don't do that
2: but if they uh are interested there is a group of people that meets like once a month okay to talk about how to learn how to do that network mapping if you go there's a network weaving Facebook group
3: and okay. if you go
2: on that you can see the announcements for those those sessions okay uh right now it still takes some investment of time to learn how to map networks but i'm working with people who are trying to make it so if you go on to a discussion place or whatever and you fill out a profile that automatically creates a map that then you can look at and and you can do sub maps uh, people with the same interest okay so that's that's something that's uh in pro- progress right okay. now
1: discussion um, place is that is that a thing on the website that we can drag people no
2: to? just like if anybody has like a discussion board oh, okay uh, like buddy press or oh, yeah, something yeah. like that or very cool you can actually ha- set it up so that uh it's a network mm. map um
3: yeah, it's if, um, if
2: anybody's interested, they can email me and I can connect them with people that are working on that. So yeah. they can email me at June Holly, mm-hmm. H-O-L-L-E-Y at Gmail.
1: OK, perfect. Um, i like to wrap up the conversations with something that people can take away in, with, with action. OK, you mentioned there about two Z's, but um, people who are working in businesses at the moment and they want to start. Fostering uh, a community of change makers internally, and that's something that we're we're going to be looking at more in this is HCD about bringing people together and just regular conversations and community and stuff, and it'll be all part of the new uh, this is HCD College, which I've put up on this is But what what are the things that people can do to really start off in this? Like you know maybe there's things that they can add to their Zoom sessions or post Zoom sessions or post connections in the office. What advice would you give to people to just start on their own journey?
2: Well, on the networkweaver.com site, there is a packet of free resources, like 50 free resources that that have tons of processes that you can use to start network weaving. So it's www.networkweaver.com. And then there's a resources page and you can download A free resource. Nice. Package.
1: I'll put a link to that one in the in the show notes.
2: Great. And and so it has all kinds of activities like speed networking, mm. where you just give people a chance to talk with somebody that they don't know, and about a question. Yeah. Uh, to doing simple post-it note mapping, which you can either do online or it face to face. Yeah. So there's a lot of very simple activities that you can just add to your current repertoire. Yeah, that will help people start building those relationships or become more aware of relationships. Nice, and that they can they can help people connect.
1: And you do have the the book, which I've just found on the NetworkWeaver.com, which I was I was saying to June before I I couldn't get it on Amazon, which you know shoot me now, um, but that book up there introduction to network weaving which is a practical guide for individuals or groups interested in the basic skills to improve their effectiveness of network building so that is available up there as well but you mentioned to me before and i'd be doing you a huge disservice if you didn't give a shout out you're working on a book at the moment and i was like so excited to hear that but also how you're going about it maybe tell us a little bit more about what you're working on
2: Well, so the book is called Transformation, Co-Creating a World That's Good for All of Us. And I'm writing it on Miro, which is this online whiteboard. And I have boxes where I capture links and Mm -hmm. visuals because I'm a very visual thinker. And then I've invited other people to come on and put post-it notes with smart remarks or yeah. other resources or images that they want uh, and trying to have convenings where we look at different parts of this together. So I'm awesome. trying to figure out a collaborative way to write a book. Yeah. And so far it's been a lot, tons of fun.
1: Absolutely. And, and if
2: anybody's interested in transformation, get in touch. To
1: contact me. Yeah, I'll definitely get in touch. And like speaking of collaborative books and stuff, the only one that I've ever seen it before and have been involved in is my my former business partners, Mark and Marcus and Adam who wrote This Is Service Design Doing and Jakob as well of course wrote this book, This Is Service Design Doing. And I remember, you know, I got an invite to to contribute to the book and they're like, We'll be online at I was in Sydney, I think it was at nine o'clock in the morning my time, which was very convenient. And there was two hundred something people on the the google doc at the same time and it was being written and people were commenting and arguing about certain things and it was
3: that's it, great
1: yeah it was it was a crazy experience but um it's a really collaborative kind of process i know mm-hmm. i know in the back end i've all heard individually that, like how hard it was to edit it at the end like to bring it all back together because so many yeah, voices yeah. And, and so forth but that sounds like it's a really interesting thing and anything that this podcast or this is hcd.com can help just just say the word i know the people listening here they're probably going to ping you on an email and say i want to get involved so um that's great june i'll put a link to all those things in the show notes thank you but honestly from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for giving me your time your energy and your knowledge and your wisdom and sharing it on this episode of this is i love
2: being here it's been delightful talking with you
0: so there you have it that's all for this episode of Bringing Design Closer. If you like this episode, feel free to visit thisis where you can access our back catalogue of over 100 episodes with episodes related to service design, product management, design research and much, much more. If you're interested in design and innovation training, feel free to check out our business, thisisdoing.com, where you can join online classrooms and learn from the world's best design and innovation leaders. Join the This Is H C D newsletter where you'll receive updates from the network. And also if you're interested, apply to join the Slack community on thisishcd.com. Stay safe and until next time, take care.